1: Right. Hello, good evening, good morning world, uh, wherever you are. Welcome to the latest sparkling episode of Wolves Fancast. Um, in a change to the scheduled programming, we're going to be discussing the Mass Singer tonight and discussing the Blob and the Viking arc. because it's going to be a lot more fun discussing that than it is <laughs> discussing the Wolves at the moment. Um, we are, of course, recording this a few hours after what was uh, the 70th meeting of Wolves and Crystal Palace, and I'll, I will wait to be corrected on that probably. Um, so we've had a little bit of time to collect our thoughts on the game and walls in general. Uh, tonight I've got Rich, Luke and Stu with me who are all ready to unleash hell on my command. Um, but first, before we jump into the game itself, I do want to start off on a bit of a positive note by mentioning the news that come out in the week about the Walls Foundation, Foundation's Feed the Pack initiative which was launched to help reduce the effects of food poverty and support the residents of Wolverhampton. So the big eye-catching thing about this was that there was an initial three-year project that had a £250,000 grant from the Premier League, but also in an amazing show of generosity, a personal donation of £250,000 from Air Nuno. Now, to me, that's that was an amazing gesture and a show of connection, not just to the city, but also to the people within the city. So, Uh, Just want to get your guys quick reactions to that when you saw that news come out.
2: I think for me, um, I I sort of was speaking to someone uh, yesterday about it. Um, Actually, I can tell you who it was. It was Christian Thomas, the uh, former Olympic uh, gymnast, for a bit of a name drop for, uh, I guess, a little teaser for stories from the pack. It'll be out next week. And we were chatting about it. And I said, for me, Nuno will go down in Wolves history anyway because of, the success he has had with the club, regardless, and we will come on to it, what could potentially happen, let's be honest, between now and even the end of the season. He will always be fondly remembered and dearly loved by Wolves fans. But I think this this act, for me, cements him as almost a man of Wolverhampton, rather than just a man of Wolves and, and his sort of stature within the local community. And, you know, I think that's that's massive um for someone who's kind of grown up in Wolverhampton that, you know, he's not, he's not from round here, but for him to do that, that really sort of signifies sort of his bond with the, with the town and the, and the, you know, and the region itself for me. And I think that, you know, I think that's genuinely quite powerful really.
0: Yeah. It's unbelievable Unbelievable in a way, just because you like, you said, I mean, it's one thing for him to not be from the town or from, even in the Midlands, but for, to be from a completely different country and come here and have that affection for the place in the space of three, four years, that's even that is amazing in itself. But to put that amount of money, yeah, it doesn't matter how much he's got, and relatively speaking, it's still a shitload of money that he's just yep. given away for free for the people of Wolverhampton. And like you said, I mean, we are, he's more than likely going to get a rinsing later, but you have to separate the man from the manager, the man. because as a, as a man, he's one of the best people, probably since Graham Taylor, so to, to represent Wolves.
1: I was going to say, one of the things he did mention was that in, his, in the interview, he says that he feels that he's at home now. So, What did you reckon to that, Luke? Anything to read into that, or just in general? Um,
3: I, I mean, the, the gesture and, and the acts of, of donating that money to, to such a good cause is absolutely fantastic. Um, Wolverhampton crying out for funding and donations like that on on various projects. So to have somebody uh, generous enough to do so, it, it's just fantastic for the city. Um, and it speaks what a man, what a bloke, you know. Um, like they mentioned, separate the man from the manager. What a man to to do that.
1: So you got to take your hat off to him, and and it just shows how big his heart is. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think we can all um agree and we're fully on board with that. So uh, fair play to Nuno indeed. So uh right then, let's um unleash hell, as it were. Let's uh, let's go into the game itself today. So a bit of a rarity. We had the Saturday 3 pm kickoff for this one, uh, probably for the first time in around the a year for us. Um so Wolves were looking to complete a hat-trick of wins over Palace this season. Um only goal de- different separators before kickoff today. Um, so as ever, we'll start with the lineups. So, uh, we knew already that Aitnori Nori was going to be out. Um, Eight Nori otherwise christened as Vinagre with a shit haircut. Was that you, Luke, who christened him that? <laughs> uh, Vinagre with an afro. That's the one. <laughs> um, but when the team is out, um, what did we think? So, we had um. Tomato at left wing back. We had Matinho coming for Neves. Uh, William Jose got his first start, and Hoover was getting the start as well. So, who wants to take us up on their initial thoughts when they saw the lineups were announced? I, I thought, I thought it was a good team.
3: You know, I, I didn't have too many arguments with it. The only argument as far as we've got at the minute is: do we go back to do we use a back four or do we use a back five? Um. But if Nuno wants to go for back five, okay, that's what we go with. And I think from what he's got available to pick from in defence, that's probably the, the best defence he had to, to pick from. Um, I would like to know what injury Saïs has got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for him to not even make the make the squad today. Um, so I thought Somadol finished the game well at Chelsea at left wing back. Kerva, when he's played, he's, he's looked tidy, you know, not an issue with him playing at right wing back. And um, the three sort of in the middle was was the best we had to choose from. Um, I think I would have liked to have stuck with Neves and Dendonka today. Wasn't overly happy with Martinho coming in. And I, 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 I thought the... Um, Jose should have started. I don't understand why he started. I mean, no, Jose did start today. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, it's it's been a long afternoon. Um, Me personally, I don't know many would disagree, but I would have preferred Traore over Poudreau on on the right. Um, so, So, not too many complaints. And I was really, really positive going into the game today.
1: Guys, Rich, I mean, um, when you saw the team, I guess one of the main sticking points was around the the Matinho Neves switch, because I think we've had similar comments around Matinho in the last few weeks, but did you feel as though Neves should have got to start?
2: Yeah, I mean, chiefly by the fact he's been consistently our best midfielder this season. And look, if it's about game management and sort of just making sure there's a bit of squad rotation, I can sort of get it. But then it screams a much bigger issue that we have in this team at the moment. The look, we all love and adore Moutinho, but I can't remember the last time I saw him put in a good 70 minutes in the game or even, you know, let alone 90, Uh, you know, you get a flutter here and there, but he is not delivering for us at the moment. And whether it's system based, whether it's due with the player, Whatever, it's just not happening for him, and that that was frustrating for, for me. Um, not not to see never start chiefly after how well he played against Chelsea. I thought, admittedly, it was more of a defensive performance, and it required him to, I know, play in a different way than he might have had to have done today. But you know, uh, same as Luke, I was happy with the lineup. Um, by and large, no issues with the back line judging by who was available. Again, same with Wimbax. Look, if it was a different result, then maybe I'd have been more happy with Martino and Dendonk. The fact they were both passengers for a game weren't great. And, you know, similar with Traore, it's, I can see why he played Podence, because of what he's done so far this season. But I I, I sort of feel with that formation against Palace as well, Traore is our best right winger. I think Neto is a better left winger, better on the left than he is on the right. So you know why not play people just that extra bit of positioning if you're having squad rotation. potence has been out for a month, so why wouldn't you keep him on the bench and start Traore, who is finding his not I wouldn't say form, but he seems to need a run of games to get himself going and. And I, I would have just stuck with Troy on that right hand side or when he actually came on, you're playing right wing because that's the only position he can really play.
1: Yeah, and Stu, I mean, I'm not to you with a slightly wider question as well. Not, I'm interested in your thoughts on the lineup, but also with some of our injured players slowly retur- returning, do you think that Nuno knows his strongest team yet?
0: I don't think he knows many things at the minute, but <laughs> uh, um, I think it's just a, it's just a mess. It's just a mess all out. And per, um, per dense for me, I think like Luke touched on. I wouldn't have had him in the starting lineup. I'd have a to right there because he just doesn't look right yet, and he's been out injured. So you can't really expect that, especially with COVID protocols and everything like that. Training ground and you ain't reserve games. So. If that's the case with him, then it's going to be the case with others as well. And like when Johnny does come back in a few weeks' time, is that going to be the same for him as well? Is he going to need to be eased in? It's, it's just a bit of a mess. And I don't think he knows what to do. I mean, it's just a, a bit confusing all round.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I mean, I was... I was quite happy with the team, but um, I know there's some debate. About, well, there's some debate around the likes of Kilman and Pedence and Matinho and Neves. They seem to be the main um, positions are essentially up for grabs at the moment. Along with along with the formation as a whole, isn't it? I mean, do we stick with the back five, or do we return to a four again and try and be more attacking, knowing full well that we're going to leave the back door open, probably nine times out of ten.
2: Problem is, we're not good enough going forward at the moment when we play a back three slash back five to create enough chances to score. And we're still susceptible to concede a goal like we were today. When we play a back four, we are very susceptible to concede a goal, but we've got more chance of scoring. So it's almost like there's a good chance we could lose. You know, if we play a back three like we did today, we lose 1 0. If we'd have played a back four, there's a good chance we'd have lost 3 2. And that's, yeah. that's sort of how it feels to me at the moment, that we are a, you know, we, we've we got quite a lot of, and quite rightly so, if you think about it, we've played with back three for three seasons. those players, And a lot of those players haven't changed. So we have very systematic players in that team. Now we've gone to a back four, it's requiring them to change and adapt, but they might not actually be suited to that formation, 100%, or they're not used to it. So, for me, you know, we'll talk about transfer in a bit, but we're missing a quality centre-half who can play in a back four. If we're playing a back three, we're missing a quality dynamic midfielder who can run parallel with Neves to really open up and stretch stretch the game going forward as opposed to sort of Neves doing the other side of things. So, it's almost like it's a double-edged, you know, it's between a rock and a hard place for me at the moment. It's really frustrating. I mean, we, we said... Know-
0: Sorry. We've talked about this before and I think Kim said the same thing that we're so bad when we have a play with a back four defensively that we don't really create enough chances anyway even with the extra money midfield. So it is a case of do we just get smashed every week and hope we can score or keep it tight and we might get a draw and and snatch something on the break because the way we are at the minute I don't ever want to see a back four again this season because I don't see the point. It's because we're not good enough defensively and we don't do anything differently going forward anyway.
3: Could could you not argue that our best performances have come with a back four this season? Against who, though? Arsenal? Uh, Arsenal, Southampton. Was Newcastle not a back four? Tottenham? Um, But what I was going to say it just made me chuckle um what Richard touched on we're, we're now arguing do we lose 1-0 or do we lose 3-2 <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where we're at at the minute like how I, shall we lose this way, <laughs> I was gonna say I said,
2: it sounds even more negative when you say it back but I don't think I'm, I'm not horribly wrong am I because no, 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 you know we're not even talking about the positives of a formation change are we we're talking about the drawbacks of the one we've almost played at the moment yeah. and i bet when it, you know we're all happy with the lineup but you know part of you goes when we saw martino and Dendonkin in the middle, which is why we're on. Go, are we going to pass that ball in the midfield I just, it's pretty well, it's pretty fundamental to sort of win football games
3: it's, <laughs> it, it's such a difficult debate to have because i think there's valid points from both sides i think if you argue the back five you've got the argument of um we do look tighter we, we give up less chances but with a back four we do create a hell of a lot more and it's a it's a bit easier on the eye and it's a bit nicer to watch if we're being honest from a football point of view because there's chances at either end i know some people are like to watch football from like it's a game of chess and from a defensive point of view but me personally <laughs> the more it's like a basketball game, the better. Just yeah, you, oh my, so you,
0: you're that you're um, saying you're not a purist?
3: No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I, I it's a 2020 man little... not a
1: Test match fan? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, very, very good point. That's a very good way of looking at it. Um, but it, it's... Oh, I just don't know what... Like I touched on earlier, I don't, I don't think... Either one's right or either one's completely wrong because we're just that bad at the moment. We could, play a, back, we could say let's play a back six and we'd still lose. Let's play a back two and we'd still lose. I don't think it matters at the minute. And as well, if we're being honest, um, today and West Brom at home, I'll touch on, the last 20 minutes, I don't know what formation we
1: play. I don't think the players on the pitch know what formation we play. Oh, it all goes out of the window anyway. Well, let's um, let's get on to the game itself. We can talk about what we did or didn't create. And, well, let's face it, in the first half, we didn't create <laughs> anything really. Huh. Let, let, let's be honest. So, I mean, it was a pretty stop-start first half. But frankly, it was a dull first half, made all the more dull by Koku, I think, on Sky Sports Co. <laughs> so I think if the game wasn't bad enough, he was putting me to sleep. Well, we had uh, zero shots on target for the first half. I know Palace had a couple of chances, but especially that Bacuayi one, which he put over the bar from, what, four or five yards, maybe, but even less than that. But I think a common thing for me throughout that, that first half and possibly for the whole game, for us, was just basic errors. And I think if you guys agree, we're just making basic errors and it just seems at the moment that we are we're just completely bereft of, of, of confidence at, at the moment. I mean, the Moutinho's this world and and what have you, they're just putting simple passes out of play or just simple passes going to opposition. I, I, did you see that when you were watching the game? Did you, did you just, did you, do, you, do you guys see a team that just, frankly, doesn't know what they're doing right now?
2: Yeah, I think um, for me, you look back at this Wolves team, pretty much the first two seasons at least under Nuno and even into last season as well there always seemed to be a plan when we had the ball when you know how how are we going to get this ball into the back of the net of the other end and it was all measured it you know in the championship it was obviously a lot quicker paced and expansive and it had to sort of change and uh, adapt to playing better caliber opposition but it almost feels like they don't quite know what they need to be doing to to progress and I think even Nuno said after the game that we lack creativity we're not passing the ball into you know different phases of the pitch and you know I, I was frustrated by those remarks not gonna lie because it's like well what are you doing about it because you know it for me it's a uh, you know, every time
1: that we heard it, we lack yeah, creativity.
2: You know, we 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 you know, we, we come on here every week and I can't remember the last time we didn't you know, we have like, created really good chances here. we you know, we deserve to win a game 2-0 or whatever. But um, you know, it's a question of what are we gonna do about it? Is it and I can't almost quite decide whether it's a player issue because you know, it doesn't matter. Like Jean Martino's an experienced player, he shouldn't be misplacing a ten yard pass. That is his bread and butter no formation change is going to impact that for, for me. So that, that, that isn't not Nuno's kind of fault for me, but there's obvious things that I don't think Nuno's doing right in terms of the, the changing of the setup at different points and him not, you know, it's his job to then, you know, instruct the players on what to do. But if the players aren't doing it, then it, it is on them in a way. And then you've got the underlying, you know, probably the overarching issue of the board. Um, and in the, the investment of the squad. But yeah, that, going looping back, the, it's a, it's the confidence, it's a self-belief, more, more than confidence for me. And just like knowing, actually, if you pass the ball to your man, that they're going to be able to receive it and they're going to do something with it and get that ball in the right position. And, you know, I, I think losing Johnny over even Jimenez was a real catalyst for this, um, because he was the one who was so good at linking up the play and being able to do a simple pass and move and exploit that extra bit of space going forwards. And we've never really replaced that. And you could argue Doherty did the same in his own way. And, I, I you know, that's not to discredit people like Samedo because I'm a big fan of his and he does it in a slightly different way. But him doing it a different way is fine. But everyone else on his team need to do it, you know, need to follow suit in a way and be on the same wavelength. And none of them seem to be on the same, same wavelength.
0: That second, I would, I, th- I presume we're just going straight into the second half because nothing happened in the first half, did it? <laughs> well, from...
1: yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just ta- we'll talk about the game as a whole. Let's just go straight into where we think it's gone wrong or where where it just didn't work and didn't happen for us. Yeah, because that for I me,
0: mean, I no, it was mixed reactions because I said Maticio was better than he had been for a while. He actually passed forward, which was nice to see <laughs> compared to his usual pass backwards, then run forwards a little bit and then don't come back to him, so it's a waste of time anyway. But like you said, Rich, there is no... You can't now say to someone... If you just said to someone, how do Wolves play? And apart from saying, shit, they haven't got an answer for you. Whereas you go back 18 months, two years ago, they say, well, play with wing backs, strong at the back, move through the gears and stuff like that and exploit the space. We we were never really a pass and move kind of side other than the odds here and there i mean there was there was one today where there's like four four passes and then it all went wrong in the first half and that was as good as it got but if you take the emotion out of everything that team today and the team for the last month and probably 6 7 weeks if we're being honest looks like a team that wants the manager sacked and that's if you that's what it looks like and if if you blame the players if you blame the the manager or the coach whichever, whichever way you want to jump on. But to me, that looks like a team who don't want to play for a manager anymore. Be that as it is, that's what I'm seeing at the minute. And there's only one way to come back from that and it's never the manager staying, is it?
3: I think, um, Stu, spot on. We're not... You can't say we're a team. Um, We don't play like a team. That It's like the players aren't playing for each other. There's, There's no... There's no connection, there's no chemistry, it's disjointed. I mean, the loose, sloppy passes, uh, that's inexcusable. And it's happening all too often There, I thought Chorley was a bit of a one-off, because that was probably the worst I've seen in terms of loose, sloppy passing. But today, today was equally, equally as bad. And I think Stu's right. They're not playing for him anymore. And... I don't think you can put all the blame on Nuno in regards to the mess that we're in. I don't think you can put all the blame on on the players. I think it's it's a mixture of everything at the moment, which is even more concerning. Even at boardroom level, like I, I look at some of the players that have that have come in. Who's who's handling transfers now? Is it is it Mendes? Is it Jeff? Is it Nuno? Who knows? Nobody knows, and 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 that's a concern. Like. It seems like there's a deep-rooted issue and that's why we're struggling like we are. And we've seen it time and time again at clubs up and down the country when when players don't want to play for the manager. And then the second the manager's sacked, bang, they go on the and run. Yeah, and everyone calls it the manager bounce. It's, it's not. It's because the players can be arsed again. I think the best case that I can refer to was when Leicester wanted Ranieri sacked. Mm, yeah. um, I mean, Stu's got a better footballing memory than myself. Um but I'm sure Leicester was playing horrendously. Um, Ranieri went and literally, as if by magic, (laughs) they were playing absolutely fantastic again and started winning. And I I think we're we're in the same position.
2: Yeah, I think that there is a degree that Nuno has had this core group of players for, you know, three and a half years now. And you compare it to, you know, it's a really simple one, but Sir Alex Ferguson's teams, um, where, you know, he would, rotate and you know strip that team and then build it back up and you know obviously he had that nucleus of players but he would always look to improve and adapt it and it, I guess it's even similar to when we had McCarthy in that third year of the Premier League and it, it, it feels almost like history repeating itself in some ways that you know it's ifs and buts but you know that there was almost a point at the end of this year, it was like, well, hang on, what do we need to do? same as it was with McCarthy when we stayed up on the last day. It's like a decision needed to be made then. And in hindsight, everyone could see that, you know, we needed to, you know, probably get rid of McCarthy and move on. And I'm not, and it'll be interesting, you know, a year's time, let's say, or two years time or five years time, whether we will look back on whether changing Nuno at that point would have been the right thing to do. I'm not saying we should have. But I don't know that there's interesting parallels for that to me, and you know, it almost feels like the the motivation the the you know probably all the little things that he's done to get that extra ten percent out of the players because Wolves for a long time have been better than some of their parts. I think we can all agree that mm-hmm. um, you know, it go especially like last season and the year before as well. That you know, we 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 have some really good players, but we had we have some average ones as well. And the fact you know. I'm digging him out for no real reason, but the fact that Max Kilman's, you know, a Premier League centre back is testament to how we set up and what that manager's doing coaching him. You he's know, all right. I mean, he's He's okay. Yeah, no, he, he's, yeah, he's all
0: he's right. He's probably my man in the match today.
3: <laughs> I, I, I like him but,
2: anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I've got nothing against him, but.
3: Is it good enough to be starting as much yeah. as he's starting? Is, and, he's. Max Kilman is the sort I'm of, sorry, Richard. Um, no, go for it. I'll, Max Hillman is the sort of player who should be on the bench. He's a yeah. squad player. Yeah, that, squad that's filler. what I'm getting
2: at. And, you know, I could I, I could have argued at the start of this season that you should be saying the same about Zayce in the position that we want to go into. I, I know they, um, the guys covered it in the, in the show last week um, about actually we need to make those steps up and we haven't done it. And and that's what's telling for me. And it'll, it'll, I don't know, but here's my, I guess, sort of hot take that the players know that team hasn't had the level of investments it's needed. And that's why they've had the dip rather than almost the other way around. They've had a dip and, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's clear that there needs to be a greater input in this team. And I don't quite see it. Current, the solutions coming from within anymore.
1: So one thing that, well, I we just, we just wanted to move on to talk about the split flash points in the game. So obviously their goal was the first biggest flash point. Um, I think it comes from the other basic error. Um I want to get your guys' thoughts on two players' involvements in the goal from our point of view, Dendonka's involvement in the goal, and then also uh Rui, if he could have potentially done more. Um, and I mentioned that because we've had um a tweet in from Joe Chacks, who had said that although we are playing poor, it's Patricio at fault for the amount of goals we're conceding. He says, we don't concede screamers. We concede simple goals, which are right at him most of the time. And he has zero presence in the box. <laughs> and then he goes on to add to that in the second tweet. I'm, to add to this, I'm nervous when the ball comes into the box, knowing that he won't calmly come and collect it. So God knows how the back line feels. So open question to the floor then. What 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 errors did you see in our goal in regards to Dendonka and then also for Rui?
0: Well, I'll, I'll just get the real one out of the way. So when, <laughs> I was, you were, um, you <laughs> when was he I like, it, it's like, when... I
2: like how literally I, on zoom, I could literally just see me and Luke just smiling going, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll just step back on this one. <laughs> then the big man <laughs> step the... up for a free kick.
0: <laughs> it's just, when, when is Rube Patricio ever commanded his box in the two and a half years he's been here? That's my question to everyone. He doesn't, he never has done. So what's the problem? John Ruddy said in his interview when he's the is uh, the the goalkeeper he's never seen anyone else be on his line as much as he is and because he's on his line he said he he doesn't have to come and claim it because the defense deals with it what's changed they know how he plays and he was uh, he was perfectly fine playing in exactly the same way when we finished seventh twice but this season he ain't done anything different he ain't, he ain't suddenly turned from Matt Murray into Stephen Posmer has he <laughs> It's not like, it's not a massive transformation. I mean, today was just, I mean, I've watched that again and it's it's one of them things where if you were, say you're in, you put the fat kid in goal at school. The fat kid's probably going to say, This is bringing yeah. back memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the fat kid in goal at school is probably going to save that because he won't go with his hands. He'll just put his big belly out or he'll put his, he'll try and go with his foot and he'll save it that way. But you see, you look at the amount of, Goals at see when it's right next to a keeper, right in that part under the armpit, because it's hard to get down to. Because that's just how you're trained. It's an it's an awkward situation. And it, it was really hard shot as well. I mean, he probably could have got something on it, but the speed it came at him, he wouldn't have saved it anyway. Even if he got something to it. I mean, you look. You got. I know me and Luke have had a lot of thing over this. But I mean, the, the amount of shots that straight at him, but when you actually look at it, he's probably made three errors in the last six months. Really, where there's shots that are, look straight at him, but three or four of them, he's wrong-footed, which you have got no chance. I mean, that just happens. But this happens to every keeper. It's like Ru Patricia is the next scapegoat now because Semedo has got a bit of form, so we can't we can't pick on him. <laughs> and so we we it's the typical Wolves way that we have to have, we always have to have someone, and it just seems a bit unfair. I mean, Dendonka, what the hell he's doing for that that goal? Who knows but to single Patricia, Patricio, when, I mean, it, it'd be fine if we had a, a competent number two and you say, yeah, take him out the firing line, but we've got John Ruddy, for fuck's sake. Is that what you want?
3: Carry watch a rebuttal, bo- watch, watch re- then. <laughs> I,
1: I'm not
3: even... I, I, whilst Stu's on this podcast, I'm not even going to speak about Rui because <laughs> Rui could score 37 own goals in a game
0: and Stu no, would still no. defend him.
3: If he was... <laughs> if he was
0: if he was at fault for anything, and he has been before in the past, and I've called him out on it, rightly so. But I honestly don't think he's
3: done anything to warrant the kind of abuse that he's getting from people like you. Him. know what? Uh, you <laughs> know what? I, I, I don't even abuse Rui. I haven't abused him. I actually like him. And I think his handling is absolutely superb. All I merely did was to bring up something <laughs> in <laughs> regards to, we seem to be conceding, a hell of a lot of goals in relation to how many shots that the opposition are having. And I just brought it up. I never, I don't even think I mentioned Rui. I just mentioned it as a whole because the defence has to take some blame for that as well. And the way we set up the tactics, it's it's not just a goalkeeper issue when we're looking at conceding so many goals from a a low amount of shots on target. But everyone's jumped on it. Like, I hate Rui. And I, I want him on the first bloody British Airways flight back to... M- Madeira but it's, it's I just highlighted something that just came to my attention and with this the is goal a... today oh, it's a difficult one because it is close to his body but oh but if he um, if he saw it late and um, to be fair Eze got some right power behind it and there are defenders in the way so maybe to blame Rui on that goal today is harsh
2: yeah, I okay, think well. it's I was gonna say it's interesting that um uh, the guy's tweeted it, I've completely blanked on his name. He's mentioned about him not claiming for crosses, which he's never done. He has he he masters his six yard box, the rest of the penalty box is not of interest to Rui Patricio, is it? But how many goals have we actually like that goal today wasn't due to his commanding the box? How many goals do we actually concede where you just think, you know what, that would have been a damn sight easier if he'd have You know, gone and tried to catch the ball eight, ten yards out and really try and make himself a presence in the box. We don't tend to do that. The only, I guess, to counteract that is do we end up conceding more because Rui's so deep, the rest of the defence are so deep, which means the attacking team end up being further forward? And that's what I guess gives them more than expected shots on target or however you want to dress it up. I don't know. I'm. I'm it, it's an interesting one because I, I, he hasn't made like absolute clangers that have conceded to goals, but we tend to at the moment, you say every shot that's on target feels like it's going to go in. And, you know, there, there's 11 players on the pitch for Wolves. Don't get me wrong. I mean, today it, that move started from a throw in in, in their own half, yeah. basically. And, there was there was some good movement from Palace in terms of, and again it was it was training round stuff. Watch it back. They all knew what they were doing with a couple of triangle passes and got it out wide. It was really, really basic, you know, UA for B license stuff. But you you add it that I think Podent started chasing like when it first throwing happened. He almost chased three different players and got near none of them because it was three on one. None of his other teammates supported him in that press. And then it's systematic, as I sort of said earlier, they're all off different ways. They don't, no one really knows, you know, should we be pressing? Should we be dropping deep? How are we actually going to win this ball back? How are we going to get, you know, when we get it, how are we going to get it back up the pitch? And, you know, the, the goal, it's just sort of a, you know, it's, again, it's one of them where Dendonka was all over a shop for me. But I think, I think he let him in
1: quite easy, didn't he? Dendonka, yeah, he let him in it, quite
2: easy. bit systematic, isn't it, to how the team are playing? And,
0: yeah,
2: when, yeah, go on. Like
0: I was when you when your captain doesn't know what he's doing and he's squaring up to people and he's completely off his head, then that
3: don't well, throw, put everyone else oh, in that. Come in on, that's harsh. I was that's gonna say, harsh. Harsh. well, Zaha's been an absolute anyone, fool there. That Zaha's been an absolute idiot there. Like, why oh, does
0: Zahar... oh, I'm, not on a bit, oh, I'm not on a bit today. I'm on a bit. Like I was gonna say the last the last few weeks, like when he was subbed oh. and he had that. that I mean, this there's a hard thing. is just that's just the hard being so i said his general attitude and the way he's holding himself at the minute. I mean, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago as well that something's not right there.
2: I said, and, I said, didn't I? I think um, yeah. post Chorley game that he is a reflect. You know, Cody is noon on the pitch. He is our leader on that pitch, and I find it fascinating at the moment that they are reflecting one another from their form and outlook, aren't they? That you know, we we're, we're in bad form at the moment. No not, we can't, you know, we can't dress it up. We're not in good form. The last time I can remember Wolves being in bad form was under Lambert, but you at least had, and this is, this is scraping the barrel. I appreciate you had the likes of Dave Edwards and Danny Bart, who, you know, were very uh, almost tub thumping. You know, I'm a leader, I will be passionate about this. And honestly, if you said to me six weeks ago, six months ago, was going to have a dip in form, who's going to be one on that pitch rallying that, that team, you'd say Connor Cody, wouldn't you? But he just doesn't seem to have that. can I say drive at the moment, or that you know that I guess trying to pull people up by their bootstraps and really you know raising his voice again because it just seems he seems to have gone quiet all of a sudden. Yeah, when it- I
3: I think that everyone's got that responsibility. Not everybody, but it, it shouldn't just be rested on on Cody's Coldy, shoulders. Yes, okay, he's the captain and he, he, he maybe should lead by example, but there's 10 other blokes on the pitch who can raise spirits and get the team going. You know, where's where's your experienced players like Martino? What's he doing?
2: Yeah, I think I think we've sort of... Martino seems to just be a passenger at the moment. To say like he's our most experienced player. He needs to be a leader. You could argue the same as Patricio. You know, Let's be honest, that whole spine of the team's not 100% at the moment. And to be fair, I think, look, let's try and pick out positives from the game. But I thought Jose did well.
1: I was going to come on to that, to be fair. I was going to make it a bit of a shit sandwich. So we talked about a negative. Now, one of the positives f- from the game, and there wasn't obviously meant to share debate, was William Jose, who had two good chances. So, uh, Stuart, come to you, how did, how did you feel he did? With, I know his two chances were saved, but he, he showed good positional sense, I thought.
0: No one else would have took that shot off. You know, he put and or Silver in that position, that shot wouldn't have even been troubling the keeper whatsoever. I mean, if they even even turned to even attempt it is another thing. But I thought it looked it was a, a great little turn. When he, he he kind of grew into the game, which you kind of yeah. which you expect because I he, he came on against Chelsea and he was all, all fish out of water situation, which you kind of expect. But he grew into the game, and you could see that he wanted it. And like he, in the first half, when he was he was. Taking, making the wrong decision for the runs, and he he sorted that out really quickly. And in the second half, I said that the turning shot and then to get his head where he did, he looks promising. But again, where's other than feeding off scraps like Jimenez used to, which is exactly what he's going to be doing now. Where's his
1: service coming from? That's more, that's a big problem. Yeah, I and mean, he's not going to have the mobility of Jimenez to, to run around to run across the final third of the pitch as him and his, does is he he's going to be more of a probably more of a static striker. I mean we haven't got much to gauge him on so far, just one match and then fifteen minutes against Chelsea. But it looks like once he gets up to speed and we'll say once we get the creativity for him, you know, hopefully he can be that bit of firepower to to keep us going for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah, I really we want to, want to stay
3: up <laughs> we, we certainly need it. You know, we need that foul couple point up there and he's it, a big old unit, ain't he? Is a lot bigger than what I thought. Um, he looked strong. Looks like he'll hold the ball up well. I think a few times today brought the midfielders and the wingers into the, into play nicely. Um, it was a it, it was a decent it was a decent performance for him as an individual, considering how shit we was as a team. Um, <laughs> but then I kind of feel sorry for him because he looked like the sort of Sort of striker who's, who's
1: going to feed off balls into the box and who's putting them in.
0: <laughs> really, one
1: thing that one thing that um, uh, d- just to finish on on the game itself, one thing I thought was quite surprising was the fact that Neves never got off the bench yeah. for the whole game. seen no, Alvitina no, um, in front of Neves. What was all that about? Something's
3: going on, mate. I'm telling you, conspiracy theory club.
1: Tin hat time. Let's get them on. What what, what what are we thinking? I mean. Surely, what what could possibly be a reason as to why they bring on Betinha for Neves? And we've said that Neves has been in better form. So, uh, what could possibly be the thinking behind that? We're Keep sending Neves to, to
3: Atletico Madrid for £45 million. You we get were getting it here in the first, <laughs>
1: Honestly,
3: if this makes a Sunday sport tomorrow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sources give,
3: give, say. <laughs> gibbs white a 10-year deal.
0: Um, <laughs> it, I think... Just bring Vitina on. Vitina on was just desperation, just because he scored a worldie at Chorley, thinking, "Oh, we've got someone, we've got someone to smash the ball from distance if we we got nothing else." And that's what—that's probably what it was.
3: Because it, it wasn't he a
1: worldie, was it really? <laughs> do, do you it. not think though? He's with, a Lancashire
3: um, worldie. <laughs> with with Nuno's sort of not even his tactics, like his substitutions. There's no real sort of thought behind it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, well, you, well, well again, a as we said before,
1: did, did any of his subs help to change the game in their favour today? I'll take that
3: They already caused him a few issues down the right. I think he did a lot more than what Pardence did, so that was kind of positive. But he wasn't but he great. And he didn't even come on for Pardence either. He put him, put him at wing-back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he comes on, he, he's putting him at wing-back. And you just think, why? What? You
0: look at the like you said earlier. The, the, you look at the players who came on and what who who was supposed to be playing where it was like uh it was school it was like
3: year nine football. I just it's concerning because the first time I really noticed it was Albion and I remember sitting at home. I looked at the clock and there was about seventy two minutes gone and I thought we're not going to get back into this game because just looking at us we. We've got no shape, no identity. Like, What are we trying to achieve from this game? And today was exactly the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So for it to be sort of like, it's becoming a common occurrence now. It's not like people can say, oh, well, the Albion game was just a one-off where it looked a bit lost. There's possibly more games throughout the season, which I've not thought about because it only came to my attention for the Albion game. But again, today, 15 minutes to go, and you're thinking, what's, what's the game plan to get the equaliser here?
0: Go and go back and watch the highlights of that Sheffield United game at the end of last season, and when the, the me and Jordan, the truth says, uh, called him out on it that day and got absolute dogs abuse. And look at what look at the highlights from that game, and then look at today. There ain't much difference because it, it was clueless, and it's been clueless for a long time. And people have been kind of let's say blinkered, but almost. I think didn't blinker's the
3: right word. I really mm,
0: do. just. But didn't want to see because he's a god. And obviously because of what he's done and what a nice person he is, but people don't want to see it. And I'll put, it, I'll put a rant on Facebook, which I very rarely do about football because boy, what's the point? But um, the 2nd of January, uh, four weeks ago, and it's got worse since then. It's not getting better. And there's no signs it's going to even change at all, which I'm I mean, well, um, going to get on to now.
1: Yeah, well, let's, let, I want to take a bit of a more broader view, general view in Wolves uh, as a whole, where, well, that result kind of leaves us really so but before we do that just want to put in there have a, have a quick break so we can uh collect our thoughts and have a beer or drink and then um we'll come back in just a moment
2: hi richard here before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, WolvesFancom, please go check it out, but they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs, from websites, brochures and signage, to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise. So make sure you check them out at com, and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show.
1: All right, welcome back to the FanCast. And right now, what I want to talk about, gents, is just waltz in general, really. We've obviously been on this this winless run now. So this leaves us, I think, eight league games without a win since the 2-1 win against Chelsea. One question I wanted to ask, I I saw this on Twitter, I think a game or two ago. Now, if you remember, a lot of people used to... They're like second teams, used to be Wolves because the way we played. But that seems to have switched now. And the question being, have we become just a boring team to watch? Have we just become, have we, have we become dull? Have we lost our sparkle? I mean, now, especially taking the last two last two or three games into consideration, do you look forward to watching us play now? Or has it become a bit of a chore or an obligation for us? I, feel you know?
2: like, I was going to say, it feels like... We were boring, probably towards the start of this season, end of last season, start of this season. I think, um, I think a lot of people have said sort of from Tottenham last year. I feel that was almost a, that was sort of the last great performance we put in and really flexed what we could do. And since then, it's been quite robust, I guess, and almost football by numbers to try and get it. And that sort of developed into just becoming a poor team at this point. Um, without yeah. sounding super negative. It's not negative, it's fact. I mean, the
0: whole thing about all the uh, the super fans, and I'm not going to mention them because I, I know we've uh, interactions on Twitter with them now. But ever since the restart, and I'll be the fans are not there, it's not the same. Well, it's the same for fucking Man City Man United, eh? I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, 19 of look at the in charge it. of Man United, look where they are, <laughs> they're about 75,000 people cheering them on. They're, they managed to do okay, it's just bollocks, but and to say it's been, it has been, I mean, that, that Spurs game was, it was probably one of the top 10, you know, moments. I don't know why it in that video because it was a great day out um, and it was a good performance, but we haven't been the same. We haven't been the same without our fans and there's been more than enough time to sort that out. And if that's their mindset, that they need people to cheer them to get them to G up, then that's a management problem. And I've had more fun this week watching a five-part drama about AIDS than I have watching. <laughs> this season. <laughs> That's that's um, it's a sin. On it a, channel four. I
2: was going to say, give it a. Plug. It, is, it,
0: is, it is genuinely really good, but that that's that's what it's come to. It was more fucking enjoyable watching people die than watching walls this season. It's just. Good. <laughs> it's... Oh, are you say that? Aids, like, you're, you're AIDS the is better than again. walls
3: at the minute.
0: Well, at least at least you can live with aids. Then you can't live with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: At least, no, we got but Pedro- but- at least we got Pedro Neto. Yeah, exactly. At least, at least, he, he's he's head head. honestly, <laughs> honestly, Pedro Neto is like the only thing keeping me going with Wolves at the moment. And and Pardence when he comes back to be fair. Um like when he gets back to full fitness. But uh, even against Chelsea and like I think after like 10 minutes we all knew what kind of game it needed to be. But whenever Pe- Neto got the ball, it gave you like a little bit of I don't know, a little bit of excitement which it is what is kind of holding me on. I'm just waiting for him to really drop off a cliff form-wise. Now we get injured, though, and yeah, that's gonna get that, soon. that's the mindset because it, you know it's just all a bit uh, doom and gloom at the moment for us. But yeah, he he's is, he is by far and away like, going to be playing for season surely, and you know he's just that like, that ray of sunshine on a cloudy day for me.
0: I think I'm the two the, the, uh, the two performances I oh. enjoyed most at the last. I don't know, four months. Man United, even though we lost. And Chelsea, because it's the, the way we used to be. And it's like looking back at the good old days. But we and had
2: a plan. We, play, we played yeah, yes. with a plan. And, and it, on a different day, argue, You know, maybe if we signed uh, Will and Jose a week or two earlier, like we should have done as soon as the transfer window opened, do you reckon we'd have won that game?
0: Probably. But that's, I mean, you stole the words straight from my mouth, but we had a plan and we knew what we were doing. And it, it it was it was nostalgic in a way. It was nice. And then you get to that fucking shit show today. And when we go and move on to talk about Arsenal, five ten minutes or fifteen depends. Um, can you honestly say what? Well, oh, this is how we're going to approach the game? Because I've got no fucking clue. You don't. You don't no know idea. what's coming
3: from one game to the next. Really, don't know. Um, it's it's a mess, but it's it's a concerning mess. You know, when we got relegated from the championship, it feels yeah, like that. Yeah, and people does. are saying, Wolves are too good to go down there. Wolves are too good to go... Fucking a. And When we was in the championship, even I was saying in the championship, we're too good to go down. We won't go down. I refuse to believe it. But now, I am looking over my shoulder. And this isn't me thinking, I want to say it again, that Wolves are bigger than the Beatles, because I don't believe that at all. <laughs> but... With the resources that we have, the wages that we're spending, the transfer fees that we're spending, we should not be in a relegation battle. And it's as simple as that. And if there's any fans out there that believe that we're not in a relegation battle, then you need to give your head head a little bit of a wobble because we're sleepwalking into one at the minute. Well, rock and, bottom of the
1: form league and no winning
3: night. Exactly. It's... Rock
1: bottom of the form yeah.
3: league. We've got Arsenal, Leicester, Southampton, Leeds and Newcastle as the next five um, Premier League games. Five I think twenty seventh of February is the Newcastle game. We could be coming into March, two or three points off the relegation zone.
0: Into in two weeks' time. Well, no, by the end by the end of next week. Well, yeah, but one time by the end of next week we could be seventeenth.
3: And please, now, in my opinion, that's not good enough. We no. should not even. We sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not even. We should be in the top half of the table. I mean, when, when, we, when we we said this at the start of the season, I, where would you settle for? And I said top half. I don't expect Europe, especially after the run that we went on. But you can't keep saying, "Oh, we will be all tired." Well, if everyone's
3: tired, but well, why haven't we got no more players? And there's anyone, <laughs> there's anything, that's not their fault. It's and managers. That, do you not think that's a concern that we knew Raúl Jiménez yeah. wasn't going to play for a very long time? The end of November, 29th of November, he got injured. And we only signed a striker two or three days ago. When the, the window opened 25 days before we signed William Jose. Come on. The window opened four weeks concerning. ago. Uh, so it, it took it took us pretty much four weeks to sign a striker, even though we knew well in advance we need a fucking striker. Yeah, that and poor management
0: remember, we've, we've got a 5,000-player uh, database as well of players for two, three years down the line. We're all, we keep getting told of under Earth, uh, well, the glory days.
1: Yeah, because I'm probably all fucking took 50, it with that's why we can't sign <laughs> them. <didn't we? laughs> it's in New York now, that is. <laughs> well, one one thing that um, I've, I've heard, I've seen mentioned, and it, it annoys me a little bit, I wanted to get to your guys' thoughts on it. When people say um, it's the fact that error players... Can't see their families, which might be affecting them.
2: <laughs> oh, don't get me started. And I'm like,
1: I'm like I've, I've, I saw that today, and I thought, sorry, that that just doesn't that doesn't cut it with me. What makes their players any different from any other foreign player in the league that can't see their family right now? I just, I saw it. I just thought that's a cop out. That is a cop out. Experience. If anything, it it should be easy for our players because they've got a nice little Portuguese clique. It's exactly.
3: not like you you're you're the lone Russian at I don't know <laughs> West Ham. That would be a bit different because, as silly as it sounds, you might not integrate with the squad as as well. You might be a bit of an outcast. Obviously, you haven't got family, friends, and family around you, and you're in a foreign country. These oh, these guys, how many Portuguese players are in our squad? Nine, ten. nine, ten. You've got a nice little click there, which makes it feel like a home from home. So I'm sorry, but that is an absolutely shit excuse. That's probably the worst excuse I've heard.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been in this house since fifth, sixth of November when we, when I was furloughed for the second time, and I'd love to not see my family every day. It'd be great, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going to hear moaning, moaning a bit. Oh, I can't do my, I can't get up in the morning. It's it's the same thing when I said earlier, it's people trying to find excuses because they don't want to accept the truth. Yeah, That's all thousand it is.
2: Percent. It's, it's, it's. For me, it's, it's as my dad always used to tell me, is it an excuse or a reason? And it oh, is... But, there's a title. I know, I know, no, I've got a list, don't worry. <laughs> and weirdly, <laughs> we weirdly, know. it's it, it, what AIDS is better than wolves hasn't made a short list. But no, it, for me, it's, yeah, the, the whole... Mm, Almost, it, it it it's almost touching on. Well, but they're struggling mentally because of their families not being there. And I think it, you know, it, it's a, a cop out, and it probably b does a huge disservice for the people who are, I guess, suffering from mental illness. And you know, look, everyone's in the same position, regardless of your profession, regardless of how much you earn. You know, lots of us haven't seen our families. In in weeks and months, um, uh, you know, for a lot large parts of last year, and you know, it's not a money thing for me, but as I, it's the same for every other professional footballer. It's, right, a, exactly, it's, exactly. it's the same yeah, for you, every you, other manager. It's so, as Stu said, it is a excuse because that like, you don't want to actually admit that Nuno is struggling as a uh, in his profession at the moment. But
3: and the back- people who are using that excuse about not being able to see their families get their details. And go to the COVID police because (laughs) I actually, I actually, my mum for ages, so I ain't seen my family. So it's not just these Portuguese footballers that aren't seeing the family. If you're actually going by the correct COVID guidelines, none of us are seeing our families. So, what's the so go on now? Expand on that excuse
2: again. It wasn't an issue, it wasn't an issue after project restart when we were doing okay, Mm.
3: exactly.
2: Again, same with Patricio, same with a lot of this. It's never an issue until you're losing. Nuno's family, I don't, I'm right in thinking that a lot of the, um, I guess, the coaching staff, all of their family is still out in uh, Portugal. And again, that wasn't an issue when we were winning the championship. And don't get me wrong, I know they all kind of semi lived together and all of this kind of thing. But again, I say, wasn't an issue during the good times. And I don't think we'd be saying this was an issue, even if we, you know, I I don't know, let's say if we're 10th and we would just win one, lose one, or whatever it, it was, and we're just inconsistent as opposed to just being in poor form.
1: Mm. Yeah, so it's all one of those things. It gets swept under the carpet when you're getting the results. At the end of the day, if you don't get the results, then that's when the excuses start coming out or the people start looking for them. So I just, I just think some fans are scared
3: to admit that Nuno is underperforming and where
1: she's. Mm. It's, it's because it's, it's the first forward. time, and it's the first time that he's had this prolonged spell. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. I mean, he's, he's had such sort of short, short spells before. in sort of a couple of years where we didn't get a few results that we, we didn't, you know, that, that weren't weren't going for us. But this time is a bit different because we can see there's no way out at the moment. So this is the first time under his tenure that things are really going shit and they're really going south. And some people, yeah, people just don't want to believe that like you say he's he's struggling and it is it's clear to see that he's sort of at the moment so to round this bit off I just have one last question for you all Nuno out question mark
0: the only thing um even I don't want even though I've been banging this this kind of I say banging the drum because so I've kind of been like tapping on the side of it like a little mouse um because I don't, I don't want him to, obviously I don't want him to go because he's he's a lovely man and he's a legend and everything. But if he's going to get us relegated, then he has to go because of course he does. But the only problem is the the other question there, do you trust anyone in charge in the board to appoint anyone competent? Because at the minute... If it's Scott, Scott
2: Sellers till the end of the season. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. There's, <laughs> there's Scott Sellers and that's all that we know. And we, we know that he's been promoted internally as per usual, though they always do things. But... I mean, we we saw the, the whole Zenga thing at the start, and then Lambert, and then we we dropped Lucky with Nuno. There's nothing to say that we drop Lucky again, and I know it's getting to the stage there where it literally can't be any worse, and we might as well disappoint Dr. Venglos who died last week, and that's that's how everybody. I mean, for me at the minute, I still would say no. Just because I don't trust them to appoint anyone else. But it's getting to the stage where when do too late? And it, it was think- too late. And the, it was too late with McCarthy. McCarthy should have gone after Swansea Almin I mean, on the October at the latest. And we look what happened after that. And you can say history repeats itself for the third time, but you look at that next run of results, and what do you say? Do we give him till. Twenty-five games in. You I know mean, how many games are we on now? Twenty, something like that. Mm. Um, aren't getting any easier. Exactly. I mean, when 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 he's cut off point? Because you I mean you say oh, another five games. See if we if we ain't won for what'll then be what I don't know. Basic maths is eluding me. So if oh, we ain't lost 13. If, if we if we ain't won a game in twelve and thirteen, that's like over a
2: third <laughs> over, of the season, not third,
0: se- third of the season not winning a game, then he's got to fuck off. Simple as that. If it gets to that stage, and then you can't still then say that, but then
1: that's my only concern. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> saying, thanks for donation, Nuno. You know, fuck off. Well, that, that's what I mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> it, it, oh, but I knew this as soon
0: as that happened. my, my mate you texted me saying this is a bit of a convenient time, and I said, yeah. It, even from a, a cynical outsider's point of view, you look at things. Oh, Nuno's done this. Then fine, but there's a, a a world of difference being a, a a good Samaritan and doing that and doing your job properly. And if you can't do your job properly, then just go and feed the homeless for for the rest of the year. It's as simple as that. I mean, I'd give him a, I'd, I'd give him February if we still if we're still in contention. And it, but if we don't win a, an, another
3: game in February, then surely that's the end. It has to be. I think Foulston need to come out and and start talking and let us know sort of what they're thinking, what their plans are. Are they happy? Are they not? If they was to say, it, we're back in Nuno until the end of the season regardless, then I think it would stop a lot of the arguing between fans. Mm. And I think all the fans would then jump on board and say, look, Fulton are backing this guy. So, Dave from Bilston, Luke from Wentfield, Gary from Gornall, shut up. It don't matter what you say. This guy's staying, so back him. And as much as I'm annoyed with Nuno at the minute, I'd, I'd, if, 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 if he got sacked tomorrow, I would be gutted because I would prefer that Nuno does brilliant things for us. He has a stand named after him, a statue because he's done so well. But we're in a position now where something has to change because let's just talk hypothetically. We can keep Nuno. And he, we get relegated. What's the Sayed al off? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: he probably would. I think he would. Do
0: you well, think he wants another season in the Championship? Exactly. Like we, we've done, We've. I mean, I've done my service in that league. There's no excuse to being in there anymore. They can forget that. No more. No more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work. He said the other day. I think he's 19 out of 26 years watching Championship football. I thought, well, that's that's gone forever now. Thank God.
3: I mean, it costs it more be. hair with, anything else. With the resources that we've got now, we shouldn't even be entertaining the championship anymore. And I'm sorry if it makes it sound like we think Wolves are getting above their station, but
1: that is the reality of it. We, Rich, what do, we've do you got think? More... I'm so sorry. sorry. Just to uh, to round this section off, what do you think, Rich? What's your views on if he stays or goes?
2: Um Personally, I think. At least it's got to be a very heavy review at the end of the season at at bare minimum, I guess kind of touching on to what um Luke said primarily was that the whole club doesn't seem to be acting to a plan. there was this big idea of a project, and I guess we're at a point where there's almost a level of crisis management and they don't they haven't seemed to know how to react to having to alter the plan because it's not on its current course. And for me, you know, over the last couple of years, basically, you know, from the top down, there has been a a path of this is what we're going to do, this is what we want to achieve, and this is how we're going to achieve it. And that just seems to have gone really wayward in the last six months or so. And it then makes me then doubt. Well, hang on, if they did just turn around and say we're parting way, you know, when we see the uh, club announcement and a shot off a corner flag, and for me, whenever you get rid of a manager, it's, uh, well, who are you going to bring in? And at the moment, you know, I've still got a decent amount of faith in Nuno, but I've got less faith in the board at the moment to pick a successful successor. And I think that that's a real sticking point for me, especially as we all saw what happened with McCarthy. It's when you sack somebody just after the transfer window closes because he then doesn't have any opportunity to bring in any... Extra players, which again is looping back to an issue with the board that we don't have enough kind of strength and quality and depth. So, you know, for, for me, there needs to be a big review at the end of the season, um and just in a way, not hope that there's three teams worse than us, but put as much in as we can do to address it. You know, frankly, if I was if I was Jeff Sheaf, a board, whoever, I'd have called a meeting with Nuno after the game today and sort of said, look, what needs to happen to change this? Just just say it, like, you know, very, very open. Do we need more players? What needs to happen? Uh, as Stu shows a photo of the Wolves corner flag.
1: but it's well, just flag, always... the, the corner flag of doom. Yeah. Well, that brings us on quite nicely then to um, a section on the transfer window, really, because there's not long left, really, of, of, of this winter transfer window. It closes at 11 o'clock on the 1st of Feb. Um, and we know we broke air... Dry January of signings by signing William Jose, but do we really think there's going to be a surprise sprung in the next forty-eight hours for bringing someone in as a window slams shut, as they say uh, on Sky Sports? And if if we would, if we were to sign anyone, where where would it be? I mean, we'll we'll address the rumour mill that there were some nefarious reasons around Sace's admittance from the squad today, and there are some rumours that have appeared in. Merseyside-based newspapers that say this could be a target for Liverpool. Um, and weirdly, that we could be getting Origi the other way, which, um, I don't know, I'm not, now we've got uh, Willian Jose, is that is that a desired signing? Or should we be looking elsewhere? We always bemoan a lack of creativity. So surely, we'll be looking for a strength in depth in, in defence or sorry in midfield or is it defence where we should be looking at or do you even think we'll get anyone at all what do you reckon Stu we'll sign someone for the academy that I happened yeah <laughs> of course
0: I saw a kid for the um the under 18s with the the mental long name like with um, like Kepper beating in goal for us today I thought oh that, that's that's missed that one <laughs> um but I don't expect anything. But then again, we, we didn't expect William then That one came from nowhere. I mean, ideally, in an ideal world, we'd sign a decent defender who can play in the back four and a, a central midfielder who can pass and shoot and score. That—that's two players. Will we get any of them? Probably not. But that's—you I mean, look at the team. That's really all we need. And a, a kind of take the shackles off a bit. Which we've been calling for for over twelve months. Just take the shackles up, just a tiny bit, just a little bit, not too much, <laughs> but just. I mean, but why? The, the, we've got It Doesn't play. I mean, I'd rather play Matinya and Neves together. Just try, just give it a go. It might not work. It might fail, but it might fail, fail completely. But at least we've had a go. And at least, at least it's not Neves and Matinyo or Dendonka missing his seventeen thousandth chance of the season. Just give someone else a go. If we're not going to sign anyone, but that's your question, will we? No, I don't think so.
2: Go on, Luke.
3: I don't think we'll sign anyone. I think Stu's covered it perfectly. There's not yeah. really much bad. <laughs> that's um, why I
2: went to you, mate, because I've got nothing <laughs> to fucking
3: He's <laughs> it, <laughs> highlighted what I think every Wolf fan knows. Need highlighting and where we need to strengthen, um, and he's highlighted that we're not going to sign anyone because we all know we're not going to sign anyone else. We never do sign anyone in January, well, very rarely. Um, it's it's frustrating, and I don't know. It concerns me, man. Like Falcao at the mini, and what's going on at a level
1: above you no, know, It's it does concern me slightly. I'm not going to lie. Well, as ever, um, could any of the uh, quote-unquote solutions lie within the squads? Because. Uh, uh, the ex Casting Hoops has tweeted to say that if solutions are within the squad, then could we just put uh, Donk back in defence and then just take Cody out altogether?
2: Or we'll play Sais in back three in, in the middle, which he did a good job in, in from my opinion. Um,
1: sais gone; he's dead to us now. Oh, I was going to say, oh, sorry, <laughs> he, he, he's he's joined uh, Diogo
2: Joss in the dead to me pile, hasn't he? Um,
1: I mean, there, there, there's
2: definitely potential. I, I say it every time I think I'm on with, with Dendonka that no one quite knows what sort of player he is, whether he should be playing at the back or in this, this midfield role because he gets himself in the right positions, but he isn't a finisher, which is kind of a bit of an issue. Um, a- again, it's, as sort of Stu said, and I kind of sort of started the show by saying that we are a short, a decent quality centre-back or a short, a decent quality midfielder and you know those are the two positions that we need to strengthen um for me it's almost a toss of a coin which one i'd, I'd go for um I, i'd personally i don't know actually now i've said that out loud i, I've, I felt like i was giving <laughs> up to give you a really assertive answer i'd probably if say is, i'd probably go for a midfielder because we know what we're doing Enough, the first players not they're doing we back free um you know just on I guess it's harking back, but almost like an Alfred and Dyson who's got such, a, you know, who can kind of get everywhere around on that pitch and really kind of stretch the team going forwards. And I feel like so, we're, we're missing that dynamism for me. You no, know,
3: we missed out on Jefferson and, um, When Jan, Jan, Wan-Yama left Tottenham. Yeah.
2: He was crying If he if he's, if he's still had legs, I think he'd be perfect. Um, we'll, just we'll it's almost that, it's almost that upgrade on Dendon Queen away, for for me, um, or, or someone who can kind of complement it, just get a bit better going forwards. I guess
1: Is creativity, not the issue. I think we've agreed that, haven't we? So, I mean, we have, we've got, we have got creative players on the pitch, like in the in the likes of Rey, Neto, Pedence, But is it just There's that, nothing through the middle? Well, yeah. This is what I'm saying. We need someone to just to, to start it off. Essentially, I mean. Do, is it a wider point? Is Do we have the creative players, but Nino's just not getting the best out of them? I, I think he's getting the best out of
3: Neves. No. I think there's a hell of a lot more to Neves' game than what was allowing him to do.
0: Well, we've the the Everton game last season when Neves, Neves played further forward, the only time he's done it in the Premier League that I can think of, and he was incredible that day, when Donker was the the um, the holding midfielder for a change. Neves
3: was, the, was brilliant. Um, was, was the Everton game that through ball to that.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Ooh, absolutely fantastic. And and we're missing that. Um, I can't really remember a player that was so sort of intelligent in the middle of the park in terms of playing a through ball into Millyata. Really. Mm. When was it? You know, and I think if we're really missing somebody who can pick a, a pass to break the lines centrally. I can't. How often do we do it, really? Well, I'm, you, I'm could really even, you could even do it. You could
0: even just throw it out there. I mean, you, you could even put Dendon. Well, we were saying we've tried Dendonka, Dendonca, Cody, and uh, Bolly before, and it never worked. But if you enter into a back four of Dendonka and Bolly, and then have Ottazoe, Neves, and Virginia, just just the, some something like that in midfield, there's your creativity, there's your holding players, and then you've got some people who can pass the ball at the back still and who can tackle. Yeah. Maybe that's if the solutions are within, like, oh, it's still, it makes me sad that Hoops is not here anymore and he's a former fan Castion. But um, if the, the solutions are within, then try something like that. What what we got to lose,
3: we'll lose anyway. Like we said, he, he, he says the solutions are within. But he's not really trying any he other did. solutions. is he? No. It's, it's the same solutions over and over again. Like, um, Corbineau, for example, uh, Shabani. I, I mean, I, from the, the little bits I've seen of them, they look, I, mean, I know they're not what we've just been discussing, but if Pedence or Traore, for example, are out of form, give them a
2: chance. Them a chance. Draw, honestly, if Traore was out injured and, I know, Pedence was suspended, he would mm-hmm. rather play Dendonka right wing than yeah. give, um, you know, Theo a chance.
3: Yeah. Well, he, he did it the other week
2: and
3: he put her right, uh,
2: right midfield, didn't it? Yeah. He? yeah. Hmm. And I feel that, 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 um, that's telling because okay. they fill the bench. So it's like, well, if they're on the bench, then there's a chance they might play.
1: Yeah. I noticed there was, is um, it Hugo, Breno? Breno was on the, yeah. the bench today, which was a bit of a kinder surprise, wasn't it? Ah. <laughs> how long have you,
2: how long have you had that lined up in your notes, Adam?
1: About one hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds, sounds about right.
2: And look, look, we still haven't seen anything from good old Nigel Longwick either. And look, I keep making these jokes on Twitter, good old Nigel and you know, I know he's not a 40 year old bloke who owns a pressure washer. I appreciate it, <laughs> but I need to see him play because otherwise it, it, the, the jokes are just going to keep mounting up.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm new. So I've got a pressure washer. I'm nearly forty.
2: I've got a pressure washer, and I, 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 I'm not even thirty. But
3: you say that, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, as I wear my fleece again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so when... what we'll do is we'll sign another striker. He'll probably start two games, come off the bench in four games, score one goal,
1: and that'll be it. <laughs> so let's. I say. Uh, now we put the world to rights on that. Let's look ahead, then, if uh, if we must, to our next game, which is against Arsenal. Yeah, um, we'll lose. Come on, next topic. <laughs> yeah. that's it. That's but when we Bank lose one, hour then hour we'll later. lose
3: three too. That's all we need to discuss.
1: Well, I mean, when we last when we last played Arsenal, obviously at the end of November, that was when um, Jimenez suffered his head injury, and thankfully he's back in the the gym and training in some capacity now. Uh, we won two one then, but. <laughs> How do, we, how do we see going there? Because Arsenal are a bit of a strange team, really. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that Roy Keane was making those jibes and comments about them being too good to go down, which ironically now we're saying about ourselves. But they now find themselves above us, and they're actually one of the form teams in the league now, to be honest. I mean, I know Aubameyang's not uh, troubling the scoring charts too much this year, but... They've dipped into the January market. They've just signed Martin, o- Martin Odegaard on loan for Real Madrid, a bit of a football manager, legends. I think he, I don't know if he's a bit of a modern-day Freddie Adu, Martin Odegaard. But how do we see this one going? Because at the minute, it's uh, top of the form guide against rock bottom of the form guide. So, I mean, do we only see it going one way?
2: You know what? Fuck it. Balls win.
1: <laughs> I don't know, little... We, we know we know wolves are like and
2: uh, <laughs> i always sort of seem to back him anyway so i just always think there's a off chance that we might actually somehow do something um i don't know i think it is none we don't know how we're gonna line up we'll, we'll do our what do we think the lineup is gonna be we'll all give you three different answers i think um because none of us quite know what we'll do but I don't know, there, there, there were a couple of positives from, almost if we can take a, the positives from Chelsea in terms of how we were defensively and just supply Jose with a few more chances. I don't think Arsenal would be all and end all in this division. They've got some good players, but they're not a great team um, and they are susceptible on their day. So we're, I, I guess just hopefully in the next sort of 48, 72 hours, they can remember what they used to be.
0: I think because, because it was such a shambles today that it'll be yet another back to basics. And for that reason, I think we... This is a ridiculous this podcast is, the walls' life in general is, because I know exactly what you mean. And if we are actually organised for a change, we've got every chance. But who shit we are at the minute, we've got every chance of being steamrolled of like three or four again. But we're was it 3-1 last season when they beat us and we were terrible that day as well? Yeah, yeah. That cost I us really effectively. Yeah, I'll, I can see that. I can easily see that happening.
3: But I mean, if, if, if we're going to get turned over at home heavily, oh, I'd have want to think about it because just more and more questions will need to be asked with them, won't they? But
0: we'll just... Just put this out again and just edit a few different player names in. That's all we're going to have to do. So it'll be, if, we, if we get smashed again, it'll be exactly the same. With the same, with the same questions with no answers. And then he will come out with the same old bollocks. So solutions are within. No, they're not.
1: Solutions are anywhere but <laughs> but within the moment. I mean, it's a, it's a, it is a bit of... Um, a, a few weeks ago, I would have been more than confident about... Um, Playing Arsenal, and I probably when it comes to the games, so I probably will just say, Yeah, like 1 0 Wolves we'll win or something like that. Same as Rich, but at the minute, as we've said, you know, it's you struggle to see where not just the next win is going to be, but the next good performance because that's that's what we need to start off with, really. When are we actually going to start putting a good performance? We all banked on Chorley being a good performance, and look, 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 of a, look, look what of a nightmare game that was, even though we won it. So, I don't know. For me, I, I, they've got they've got quite a few danger players in their team. Lacazette seems to have um, found form, found form in his shooting boots. Um, they seem like they're getting their act together a bit. now, Arsenal, which I don't know. I don't think it bodes well for us. I just I struggle to see. I don't know. At the minute, it's just it's bad for the minute. Not 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 any of us can see where the next point is going to come from. And I think it's going to be a really really tough game line up wise. I'd like to get your thoughts on that as who you drop, who you play. Uh, Rich, what, what do you reckon? Who's who's in the shop for you? Who, and who's, gonna, who's coming in? So
2: I'd keep Patricio. I'm, I don't see why he, you, know. I feel like it's you know stop putting him. Rudy really would be a big mistake. I'd still probably keep whoever Hoover, whoever on the right and Smade on the left. Um, keep the back free. Um, we assuming so has just gone to Liverpool at this point, or is just MIA? We'll go we'll just say MIA, it's gonna be easier. Yeah. So again, I, I'd probably keep the back free because I can't quite see see us going, you know, well, let's put Dendonka in there instead of Kilman or even Cody and sort of mixing up, which is what I'd potentially do. I'd have Dendonka and Neves in the middle, um Traore one side, Neto the other, and um Jose up front and as I say, keep, keep it as simple as that, really.
0: I'd go I'd exactly the same, but I'd put just in for Dendonka. Just, just yeah, for, some could, just I'd, for I'd a d- bit of see that. physical presence, which is what Dendonka's supposed
1: to be doing, but he's not doing anything. It's, <laughs> funny, it's, it's funny you mention that, because Colin, Colin Beer tweeted in to say um, the, the more serious point was, shouldn't Seri be starting a Dendonka, given his dreadful performances, in the last few games. And that was uh, swiftly endorsed by our friend football neophytes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, uh, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> <You> <laughs> but, yeah, well on, a,
0: on a serious point, yeah. I mean, he's, there, there's something not quite right there with him. And it's always been Dendonka plus one. But this whole thing of him, the amount of chances he is missing all the time, it's got to weigh down on you something it's going to get on your back sometimes and you know, your confidence and everything. So just just give him a rest. Everyone else has had a rest. And I don't know, it's it's really good <laughs> things to say. Uh, but yeah, but, but just, for, just for argument's sake, that's what I'd do as well. I'd put Traore, Neto, Jose up front, keep the back five, and then just put Neves and Atasawi in the middle just for something different because
1: we need something. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, Luke, what's your thoughts on the team before I do a round robbing on predictions? Uh, I'm just going to completely mix it up 4 2 3
3: 1. Bolly and Dendonka in the middle. Herver on the right. Samado on the left. Otisewe and Neves in midfield. Traore, Neto on the wings. Pedence as a 10. And Willie up front
1: on his own. Wringing the changes with zero service. <laughs> so I like it. it's very attacking. I mean, we'll probably be losing three two then. Well, no, we're going to lose.
3: If we're going to lose and we're going to be shit, I'd rather lose and be shit <laughs> but have a go and go down swinging. Yeah. Rather than just rolling over, having our belly tickled and just.
1: I thought you were gonna say arsehole tickle
3: then. <laughs> no arsehole today. But I would, I would, if we're gonna be and we're gonna lose every
1: week, I'd rather lose with a bill of bloody with someone about us. So what's your score prediction then, got Luke, as you as you're on? What's your what's your prediction how's it gonna go? I think if we play the formation and the players that I've just mentioned, I'm gonna say four one wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And you went from before when you were last on you said two nil, surely, and then you gone <laughs> for one ask nil. Isn't it? <laughs> do you know, what do you reckon? So the,
0: if we're organised we could snatch it one one nil, I suppose, but I really can't see it to be honest. I think another three 0 defeat, something something like a, a not a comprehensive smashing like West Ham. Just be, <laughs> just beaten and like really like toying with us was pissing us off even more
3: oh they're the worst <laughs> ones they are That's, yeah when if, if there was fans there all you'd hear is Wee! yeah exactly <laughs> no it can't be I, I don't I don't think I don't think Nuno I no, don't no, no that it can't happen yeah, you've when seen... you put in that sort of performance I don't think he could stay
2: so. I mean, I backed. Just, just, I mean, I us to win about five minutes ago, didn't I? So um, no, I'll, I'll you know what? I'll, I'll be a plucky optimist and go for one nil Wolves. Yeah, Excellent. I, I play
1: footballing I, as well. I think I think we'll also spring a surprise. I've got no evidence to back this up, but I think we'll spring a surprise. <laughs> we'll just we'll sneak a one nil. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, close off the pod with just a couple of. Um, random questions that we've had on the uh, on the old Twitter feed um, Vinnie WWFC says who would win a game of tiddlywinks Roy Hodson or Roy Cropper <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Roy's, Roy, go Roy go Cropper's the... got more in his bag
1: yeah i will going go, go for the crop star yeah crop <laughs> and uh finally um this is a question this is directed at rich and rich only okay. this is a, a question from um our american friend todd Todd the yes hello todd he, he says does rich only eat kfc
2: that that tweet wasn't me i feel like i need to uh, <laughs> I need to uh, put that out there now i think that was jordan was covering the game today um what did i have what did i have for uh... I can't even remember what I had for my halftime snack today. I think I had crisps today. I didn't do a um, my my halftime snack club today because it was feeling very uninspired. So, no, if I could just eat KFC, I would, um, but unfortunately not.
3: Nothing's stopping you. Um, Apart from maybe a heart attack. dead. Yeah, <laughs> heart, heart attack
2: and my own level of financial irresponsibility.
1: You'd be dead, it? Well, it'd be a better way to go than that, I suppose. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, do
2: actually have a title by the end of this show
1: <laughs> <laughs> and on that on that cheery note I think we'll we'll call it to a, a close there now so uh, my thanks to Rich, Luke and Stu hopefully things get better eh guys we'll catch you later
0: Kentucky Fried
1: Cooking